Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want to direct your attention tonight to the word of the Lord. My assignment is again about God's word. If you're not in the Sunday school uh, service, the SAM service today, uh, I encourage you as soon as you can get the podcast because we, I think it was one of the, of a pivotal lesson on understanding how we got the Bible. How did we get the Bible? If you're going to give an answer for the reason of the hope that's within you, you you've got to have an understanding of how we got the Bible how that it is inspired. But tonight I want to talk to you about the power of the King's Word. The power of the King's Word. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 4 today. I encourage you to open your Bible if you have it with you. I encourage you to open your Bible app if you have it with you. Amen. I think it's important to have a familiar uh, feel to your Bible or to whatever you're using so you can know exactly where it is. Amen. Romans 4 and 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to divide and asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, for all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Pointing back to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4, where the word of a king is, where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Where the word of the king is, there is power. What doest thou? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity. It is indeed a privilege to be called into the ministry, but to be called the pastor of this church is such a high honor. I thank you for these people. These people, Lord God, your sheep, your sons and your daughters. Lord, may, may we ever, as, as the ministers and teachers in this congregation, ever seek to feed your flock with the best we possibly can. Bless, Lord Jesus, this word to our heart in your mighty name. Let everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The power of the king's word. I said this on our last podcast that David and I sit down to record just recently. I said this, uh, my least favorite topic right behind algebra. Algebra was my number one. That's a foreign language, and I wasn't going to learn it. Right behind algebra was English. I just didn't like English. I liked literature, like reading and those kind of things, but 
diagramming sentences and what verbs went there and what all that stuff is just, just, you know, that didn't appeal to me. So the Lord called me to a place where I've got to use English all the time and, and use the, that language. But words have become very uh, interesting to me. Not just studying biblical words, but words in themselves and their meaning and, and uh, different kinds of ways to expand one's vocabulary. But when you just break it down, words are just simple compilation of letters, symbols, consonants, and vowels that together put, form, put together thoughts and ideas that provide meaning in those words. Words have incredible power. Words can provide encouragement or discouragement. Words. Words can provide courage or fear. Words can provide peace or conflict. The Bible is not just words or vocabulary or sound like when you read the King James Version, you ought to have three marbles in your mouth to try to read it and say those thous and these and all that kind of stuff that you see in the King James. But it's more than just uh, letters and consonants and vowels. It's more than just that. It's the word of God. It's the king's word. Jesus is the king of kings, and he alone is the rightful sovereign. Without him, there is no absolutes. He is sovereign without limit. He is king in the most absolute sense. God alone is rightfully sovereign without limit. He is the one who can speak what is to be in existence. He is the one that makes laws. He is the one that makes principles and precepts by which we live. That is known as the word of God. But he is at most understanding the king. Amen. Jesus declared this so much. In John, he said in 18 and 36, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. So he wasn't denying that he had a kingdom. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight above it and beyond it, not of the world. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said in chapter uh, 6 of 1 Timothy and verse 15, which in times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which none can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. He is the maker of all. He is the king of all. And his dominion is over all that he creates. He has authority and dominion even over the ruler of darkness known as Lucifer. He is the one that has authority and dominion over over every one of his imps. He has authority and dominion over Michael and all the other archangels. He has authority and dominion over every nation that's on this earth till still today. He's king. Somebody say he's king. We find that the king speaks and the king speaks his word. No divine commandment can be treated as non-essential when you consider it's the king that is speaking. We find in Ecclesiastes, the verses just previous to that uh, verse that we, which we read in Ecclesiastes 8 and 2, it says, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment uh, and that in regard of the oath of God, 
Be not hasty to go out of his sight. Stand not in an evil thing, for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. Every precept is his opinion. Every principle is his opinion. Every principle is not just his opinion. It is his lasting law. When the king speaks, it must be that we honor him, but I want to tell you, it's still going to stand whether we believe it or not. There used to be a bumper sticker that wrote, that said on the, people put it on the back of their car. Uh, uh, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. Uh, I want to amend that just a little bit. Uh, God said it, and that settles it. Whether I believe it or not, uh, God said it, and it is settled in heaven because it's his word. The authority of the Bible is based upon the author and his authority. So as the king of the universe, as the king of creation, as the king of life, as the king of the harvest, as the king of kings, I want to tell you he stands at the absolute pinnacle of the one who has the authority as the author to speak power and life in his word. Not only is he the king not only is he the creator, but John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Hallelujah, God is the word, and the word is God. So when I begin to look at this, I come to understand the reality of the gravity of his word. His word is what gives life. His word is what gives creation. The word here in the Greek is the Greek word logos, which means in its deepest sense thought thought in the beginning was the thought and the thought was with God and the thought was God but in John 1 and 14 it says that the word was made flesh what happened is that the word amen was in the mind of God and then in a lonely stable a lonely stable in a manger you find the word was made flesh so what he thought he spoke into existence I want to tell you the king is not just the giver of the word. The king is not just the deliverer of the word. He is the word. He is the word made flesh. He is the one who spoke with authority. He is the one that spoke and all of heaven came into existence. The word, the word, the word, the word. There were those that came in contact with him that would argue with him. They even tried to kill him, but at one time he slips out of his out of their midst, and the Bible said they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. The king spoke with power. That we find another place they went to try to find out something about him, sent to, uh, uh, spies in to find something about him, and when they come back, they said, "Never a man spake like this man. Never man spake like this man." It was the apostle Peter in Luke chapter 5 and verse 4 that come in contact with this king and his word when we find that he spoke to Simon in verse 4 and said launch out into the deep and let down your, your nets for a draught and Simon answering and said unto him master we've told all the night and have taken nothing but he had been listening to the teacher teach and he'd been listening to the king speak and he said these words nevertheless at thy word at thy word 
word, I'll let down the net. Why? He recognized there's authority behind that word. He recognized there was power behind that word. I want to tell you it's not just syllables and letters and, and periods and commas and semicolons. It's the word of God. And it has power. And then the writer of Hebrews used that verse that says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. I enjoy uh, uh, watching the, the, the program forged in fire as they make these these incredible swords and different things. It's just, it's uniquely uh, 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 fascinating to me. The hardening process is what uh, really impresses me because some swords will break when they come in contact with that obstacle that is meant to try to break it. But I want to tell you, this sword has been struck on everything imaginable and has not broken. This sword has, has survived the sharpness test. This sword has it's tried to be dull, but it is not dull. It is the two-edged sword, and it is quick and powerful. As it is important to keep things in context, you need to know what he's talking about here. Before this, the, un, the, the scriptures before this declare that the unbelieving Hebrews wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and their unbelief kept them from entering into their rest, their promise. They had the word of God, they had the law of God, but they didn't mix faith with the word, but rather unbelief. The Hebrews missed their rest. They missed their victory. They missed their promise because they had a hard heart of bitterness. For the word of God to work in our life, amen, we've got to have a heart of faith. But it's the word that goes in and examines them. It was the word that went in and examined the Hebrews. It was the word that went in and began to cut into their thoughts and their intents and their desires. It was the word that went into it, amen. But if we want to enter into the rest of Christ, the rest that Christ gives is found at the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, amen, His his word will convict. His word will cut. His word will lead. His word will show us the way. It will just allow him to come in and operate upon us. The word is quick. It's alive. The word is quick. It's alive. Hallelujah. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. No book is like the word of God in its power. The word is powerful. It's living. It's effective. The word of God is powerful. It is living and effective. It's not only effective, it's precise. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharp as a weapon. Sharp as a scalpel. It'll either cut you to the quick or it'll save your life by performing surgery on you. It pierced through the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. It's that thing that steps on your emotional toes. It's the word that comes along and it just, you hadn't told anybody what, what you were thinking. Maybe you did, but and all of a sudden, the messenger gets up and preaches a word. How many have ever had come to church and you just had your toes steamrolled by the word of God? 
by the word of God. Amen. What was it? It's sharp. It goes down to where we live. It cuts to our quick because that's the power of the word of God revealing, revealing the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Amen. I believe today we need to be about our father's business, but allow him to come in and cut us if necessary, separate and divide where it needs to be. Amen. When Adam sinned, their spirit and their soul began to have a disconnect for the spirit died and the soul didn't have a connection to the invisible walk with God. But the word of God comes in and it transforms and reconnects soul and spirit. Let the word work in your spirit. Let the word work in your soul. Let the word come in and correct let the word come in and heal because it's the word that does the work it's an interesting line the verse 13 that we often overlook in this passage of Hebrews he talks about the Bible being quick and powerful but in verse 13 it says neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Neither is any creature that is not manifest. It's interesting what this word manifest is. Come here, Zach. I need you. Come here. Praise God. Hallelujah. So when they took an animal... And they were going to turn around like, like this. I need you right there. And they were going to offer an animal as a sacrifice. They'd pull the head back like this, and they'd take the knife and cut it just like that. I'm I, I just doing it as an example, okay? I love you. I love you. But the same word is used there for made manifest as if it, it, it means the cutting of the throat. And so God is saying, my word's going to come along and it's going to slice open so I can look right down inside of you and see exactly who you are. Nothing is hidden. Everything is manifest. Nothing is hidden. Everything is manifest. The word of God wants to come in and just simply say, are you willing to live for me? Well, let me see. Let me see if you'll live by the word. You heard that preached last week? Are you living by the word? You read it this morning in your devotion? Are you going to live by the word? Anybody ever felt convicted by the word? Amen. It's because the word comes along and it says everything is exposed. Everything is laid bare. Everything is exposed. Amen. His word will find you and it will definitely convict you. But it will also heal you. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody say the word works. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us ye received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God look at this line which effectively works, worketh also in you that believe amen the word works so we're going to live it the word works so we're going to preach it 
Paul said to Timothy, preach the word. Preach the word, not your philosophy or ideas. Preach the word. Give me a word preacher any day. Give me a word preacher. I'd rather hear somebody get up and just quote scripture. Amen. And say nothing if they have nothing to add. Oh my. But let the word work. Preach it. Nothing will break the hearts of hard-hearted people like the preach word of God. For it was in Acts 2 that Peter preached the word and they said, what are we going to do? Because their hearts were pricked by the word. Pray it and plead it. Pray it and plead it. Hallelujah. 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 Pray it and plead it. Pray it and plead it. In Acts chapter 19, I used the scripture this morning, but let me reuse it again. Many of them also which used curious curious arts brought their books together and burned them from before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Somebody say the word works. What it was is that the, 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 these folks were converted from their witchcraft and their sorcery and their black magic. I may not be exactly right because I don't believe everything I see on, on online, but I did see this online recently that the new app, uh, uh, Disney Plus app, is now having a show that is nothing but about, about devils and witchcraft and witches and warlocks and teaching children how to do it. Oh, I can see we've, we've become a little numb to that. We've become a little numb to that. We've come numb to that mentality. Oh, it's just a, that's just a, just, you know, Harry Potter doesn't mean anything. I want to tell you, it means a lot when you come in contact with a real witch who's casting a spell on you, trying to cast a spell on you, a real warlock that's operating under the hand of the devil. Amen. But I come to tell you today that God can turn those around. He did it in the book of Acts by the word. He did it in the book of Acts by the word. He'll do it in 2020 by the word. He changed them by the word and they brought their, their scrolls and their books that had 50, was worth 50,000 pieces of silver. In our money today, the best figure that I can find is that they plopped down and burn $10,000 worth of stuff. Amen. Why? Because they found something better. They found something better. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Paul locked up in prison. Paul, bound by chains and fetters, wrote these words in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He said, remember that Jesus Christ, verse 8, the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Bind me up, but you can't bind the word. Amen. Tell me to shut up, and I'm just going to keep on preaching the word. It's the word of God that is not bound. Somebody say, let the word work. Let the word work. First Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. I was born by the word. I was birthed by the word. I was, I was saved by the word. Amen. That liveth and abideth forever. Woo! Hallelujah. Nothing like the word. Nothing like the word. I love this verse. 
I preach a, a message from it, but I just want to mention it here. Amen. That Jeremiah said in 23 and 29, it's not my word, or the Lord said, it's not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh rock in pieces. Amen. We see that the leaders of Judah had driven away sheep. They had preached their false visions rather than the word of God. But Jeremiah stood up as a prophet and said, his word is like fire. Fire. Amen. And his word is like a hammer. Amen. I want to tell you it's hammer time for all of you back 80 folk. You need to know it's hammer time. It's time to get out the word of God and say I'm going to use it to crush some things. I'll use it to knock some things off. I'll do use it this year to knock some habits off. I'll use it this year to knock off some sin. I'm going to use it this year to knock off some discouragement. I'm going to use it this year to knock off some heartache and a abuse. I'm going to knock off unforgiveness. I'm going to knock off some things that are not of God. How am I going to do it? By the hammer. Praise God. His word is like fire. It's like a hammer. The Bible says that the word of God is like a mirror. James put it like this. 122. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only only deceiving your own self. So when we do not obey what we learn from the word, we're operating in deception. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed indeed. So what is he saying? Open up the word. See yourself. Let God reveal himself to you. Amen. As you see the reflection of his mercy from his word to your life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for a word that can show us the truth about ourselves? So his word's like a mirror that reveals and convicts. His word, Jesus said, is like a seed that produces when it is planted. Planted in good ground and it'll bring forth fruit. His word is like food that will nourish us. Job said, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. He said, I want that food in the word above even the natural food. We see that the word of God is milk for babies and meat for the mature. Let's eat it. What do you say? The word of God is a lamp that shines unto our feet and lights our pathway. That's the word of God. The word of God is like a consuming fire. Jeremiah also said, then I said I would not mention of him nor speak anymore in his name. But his word, thank you, Brother Laban, for reading that today. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. Somebody needs to get the word of God in you so hard even in the darkest of hour even in the darkest of time let the word burn let the word burn let the word burn in your heart so it'll come out of your mouth on fire the word of God according to Paul cleanses the church by the washing of the water by the word we're to hide the word in our heart 
that we might not sin against God. Wherefore will a young man cleanse his ways? By getting into the word of the Lord. By getting into the word of the Lord. If some of you young folks want to improve, this is the best thing you can ever get involved with. It's the word of God. Read it, read it. Not because it's just, oh, well, we go, we go to church and they make us go to church and we've got to do this. No, I'm going to tell you, it'll change your life if you'll just let yourself get into it. Uh, open up the book and begin to read. Your story is in there. Your story is in there. Your identity is in there. Hallelujah. God loves you and cares for you. He's got a plan for you. Jesus said in John 8 and 31, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Somebody say, it doesn't say set you. It says make you. It's a whole lot different between setting and making. You can open up a cage and set a bird free. But what the truth does is it makes you go through mazes and it makes you go through process and it makes you go through the maturation process of getting older and growing and growing in the word until all of a sudden you realize, whoop, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. Jesus said, you want to follow my commandments, then the truth will make you free. Somebody say praise the Lord. I realize I'm standing between you and food. Can you smell it? It really makes my, my, my uh, gill nature want to just come out and just preach for about two hours, but I, I can't do that. Look at this. Isaiah 55, verse 10. This ought to make your motor run right here. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Somebody say, God said that. God said that. Not my preacher. Not just me. Not just my parents. But it's just like the process of, of the rain and the snow and, and, and going down and watering and preparing a great harvest. The Lord said, that's the way my word is. My word's coming down on you. It's going to bring moisture and life to you so it doesn't return empty. But he said, it'll do the work that I please. How do I know the word is powerful? This last verse is what brings it all together. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith, faith, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amos said that in the last days there would be a famine, not of bread, 
not even a famine of the word of the Lord, but of hearing the word of the Lord. Faith comes not just by just casual observance, but let it come into your spirit. Let it come into your spirit. Let it, I want to tell you, it's not as important for you to quote scripture verbatim as it is for you to, able to quote the principles behind it and live the principles behind it. You may not get every word just right, but if you can get the understanding of the behind truth, the truth behind it, then all of a sudden I'll live by that and watch God bless me. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? The word of God is powerful. The word of God is powerful. It changes lives. It changes hearts. The word is powerful. The word is powerful. Sometimes it does, you don't need a whole message. You don't, sometimes it doesn't take a, a lot of scripture. It can be just one word, or one scripture, one verse. Make a difference in your life. But let the Lord speak to you. You say, well, pastor, I've got a hard problem. The devil's attacking me. He's coming after me. I want to tell you who the word did, what the word did, what the king did when he was attacked by Satan. What, would, what did he say? It is written. It is written. It is written. And then the devil on the second time quoted scripture at him and said, the Bible says such and such. But Jesus turned around and said, but it also says, don't take the scripture out of context, oh devil, and throw it at me. Don't take the scripture out of a place where it doesn't belong. Amen. Jesus put it not only in the face of the devil, but in context to the devil. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that word is powerful. It's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Anybody know what it is to be changed by the word? How about it today? Has there been a message? I know you probably heard a, a, a thousand messages in your lifetime. But has there ever been a message that just changed the way you thought about life altogether? I can name several of them. One is in the 80s. I heard Bishop Billy McCool preaching a, a, a message about a, 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 a Judas and forgiveness and and it so struck me about how that you don't get offended at the word you don't get offended at the word oh my it, it, it changed my thinking and just the other day I heard a message on mercy that so touched me and so moved me that it changed some of my thinking hallelujah so it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are if you'll let the word it will work in your life It'll work in your life. Hallelujah. How about it today? How about, a, how about just get a contact with the word? Can you step out, come to the front? Let's just get a moment here to get reconnected to our commitment to the word. Lord, let the word work. Let the word work in this place. Let your word, God, come forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Hey,